Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Nate Lambert from Lumberyard Gym in Concord, North Carolina. Nate, what's up, man? How's it going, Austin? Great to be here, man. Thanks so much for having us. Oh yeah, man. It's going great. It's Friday. Talking about some fitness, talking about what it's like to be a gym owner, business owner, 2022. So, so let's dive in, man. Lumberyard Gym. I know you, you bought this gym a little short time ago. Before, before we get into that, though, what is Lumberyard Gym? What makes you guys unique? What is like the elevator pitch you'd give to somebody who just met on the street? Lumberyard Gym for us, it's one of my favorite ways to describe our culture and our, our crew and what we're looking to, to do is to bring it back to kind of our little, our little mantra, which is belong, build, and become. Nice. For us, we want Lumberyard to be a place where anyone can belong and where there is a true sense of belonging and acceptance and love and care for everyone that's in our community. And then the second part of that is, is my favorite part, which ties to our name. We want to have a place where people can build, yep. whether that we build strength or build confidence or build self-love even. We want it to be a place where they can grow and find a place to truly build themselves up. Never want it to be a place where people are torn down or broken down or defeated. It's, it's an uplifting place. And then the last thing kind of going off of building, we want to see what people can become. And one of our favorite little sidebars that I'll throw in here, Austin, we, we have seen over the years, so many affiliates with their PR boards written up. Everybody writes their goal PR for the year. And for us, we have what's called a become board. And so at the beginning of the at beginning of this year, we had people write, I will become more confident in myself. And these completely vulnerable declarations of what they want to be and what they want to grow into out of the next year. And so for Lumberyard, it's really all about belonging, building, and becoming. And for us, that ties into our, our business mission. We want to create something. We want to create something that's ever evolving to better serve and care for our people. So that's the best pitch I could give for it. And I'm, I'm thankful that for us, really, it's that simple. It, it doesn't need to be this big elaborate plan. It's just as simple as those three words for us. Dude, I love it. And uh, you're the first person who's described it that way t- to me as far as your mission and uh, what you guys do and, and your vision. So, yeah, I love it, man. And uh, sounds like a great place to be a part of, which is, which is awesome. So appreciate you sharing it. Nate, bought this about a year ago, right? Sure did. We, uh, we actually had connections with the people that formerly owned this affiliate. It was under CrossFit Unite whenever they owned it. It was actually a former client of mine. I actually did programming for this person, uh, competitive programming for them as a master's athlete. And they'd owned this gym for a handful of years. And uh, they actually approached my, my wife and I uh, back in the summer of literally just over a year ago. They approached us and said, hey, would you guys be interested in buying this place? And it came at an incredible time for us. My wife and I were looking to move to a new area in our state and kind of set ourselves up to start our family, um, which we actually have. We have a two-month-old baby in the other room right now. So it's uh, it's been a whirlwind in the last year. Um, she contacted us, and we thankfully, and we were really blessed to secure funding for this place and bought it in November of last year and then rebranded to Lumberyard at the beginning of this year to to have it fully 
reflect what we wanted to do and not to get into the weeds about the history of, of, of the gym before, but it had been under a lot of different ownership and the name kind of carried good and bad weight with it. It was one of those things where we just wanted to, to, to relive re what it meant to be inside those four walls. And that's where Lumberyard and the vision for that kind of fell into place perfectly with our people. For sure, man. And I, I can hear just talking to you as in, a, in great hands now. Two questions for you there, Nate, about that. Um, one, I sold a couple gyms, never bought any. What was that process like for you as far as like- Oh, that was so weird. Due diligence on your guy's side and like how long- that's weird. It seems like it was pretty quick. It was very quick. We definitely moved on things very quickly. Um, and it was kind of like we, we talked before the show. For me, running a, running a pretty robust personal training, um, personal training program and job as we were looking to buy this place, going back and forth between running personal training sessions, running over to look at inventory, getting on the phone with our financiers, um, and then going and shadowing classes at our new affiliate. It was so much, so much on our plate at once, but we were really blessed to have a really clear understanding with the folks that were selling the of the position that we were in as buyers. And then it became very, very easy to work through that process afterwards. I think the only thing that was just so strange about that was the evaluation, man, like trying to put a price tag on everything, whether it was a piece of equipment or people on the books, that was the hardest part. Yeah. And even still looking back on that today, like I don't know how you could have ever settled on any number. Um, some days it feels like we underpaid. Some days it feels like we overpaid, but that's one of the, that's just one of the parts of this journey. And honestly, the, the biggest lesson I've learned from that was that number doesn't represent what we got out of it. We right. got so much more out of that, especially with the way that our members who knew us as complete strangers, when we bought the place, accepted us and welcomed us in and really believed in the value we wanted to create. Um, we couldn't ever a price tag on that yeah, no i love that man and i yeah, appreciate sharing that because it's uh something that uh, i'm hearing a lot more people do now buying existing gyms uh, whether they're old crossfit affiliates or just any other mm -hmm. kind of gym. so yeah for those listening it's uh important to do that due diligence and just take your time you know and make sure it's make sure it's right and make sure the deal is uh get the best deal you can possibly and dude one of the things that came with that too since I got my, I got my level one when I was 16. So I've been, I've been in this for almost 11 years being involved in the training space. And for me, when we thought about starting and when we thought about starting a gym, getting from zero members to 10 members to 20 members, just always felt like this huge burden and huge obstacle that I could never get my head wrapped around. And it was never the intention for us, nor the goal for us to buy an existing gym. But when it fell into our lap like that with somebody we already knew, sure. a location that was 15 minutes from where we already lived, gave us a setup to start our family in a nice little town. And we couldn't have asked for a bigger blessing. And it was exactly what, exactly what we needed. Yeah, man. Time, timing is so important. It's everything, right? So like, it is, dude. on top of that, so Lumberyard Gym is obviously the name now. So Two kind of points that what's the meaning behind that name and we talked about that a little before off camera yeah so, and then why did you guys decide to pull away from the traditional crossfit affiliate 
So with the name for us, this is, this is one of my favorite parts of, uh, of what the legacy of this name means. Um, and I will, I will not get emotional with this because, but it means so much to me. Um, my dad has been in the lumber industry since I was a kid. Um, he's been in the building industry ever since, ever since I can remember uh, from the time I was born. And, uh, for him, he showed me a way to build something bigger out of business in that industry. Yeah. And for me, that, that name just kind of came ringing true. Um, and I, obviously, I just thought I love the sound of that name and the, the branding that we could put on that name. But it does, it has ties to my family and my legacy. And so for me, it gives me great pride, even though it's two different industries my dad and I are kind of operating, operating under the same banner we're, we're both in the lumberyard industry. And I think my biggest lesson out of that, and this is how I can wrap this up before we talk about affiliating. Um, my dad always says, yeah, I'm in the lumber business, but really I'm in the people business. Okay. And sure. that's, that's how he's lived his life. Even though he does work in the building industry, it's always been about the people he works with yeah. and the connections and relationships and mentorships that he can bring to the people that work with him. And so for me, it was, it was a no brainer. Um, and when it came to us changing the name, number one, kind of in a weird way, I never loved how the name sounded with CrossFit attached to it. And I know that may seem trivial, but I, I wanted it to be very concise. Like we're Lumberyard Gym. That's what we do. And then kind of like we talked off camera for us, very candidly, the, the affiliation, the affiliation for us never we never really saw the, the full value of what we were going to pay, which stinks for us. And I hate saying that, yeah. especially now with the strides that HQ is making to make affiliation more of a, more of a value based proposition. And, but for us, the timing wasn't right. And honestly, another note, Austin, when it came to buying a business like this, we never really knew what the books looked like until we were a month or two in. Right, right. So we didn't love the pressure of, yeah, let's shell out three grand a year. Yeah, let's shell this out and really see what we get out of it. And so for, for us, we had great pride in sticking to our guns and sticking to our, our banner and our brand. But it was also one of those things of, hey, like if we want to toy with this down the road, we can. Um, but for us starting out, it was kind of one of those things where we, we can wait if we wanted to get into affiliation yeah. um, and see if it makes sense for us. 100%. Yeah, you could always go back and do it again. And of course, and like you said, um, at that time, they weren't doing all these affiliate meetings. And you're value, right. Value, a lot of value. I know when I had mine, there was none of that. It was just the name. And yeah, and it was cool back then. It helped a lot get people in the door about, you know, 10 years ago. So it makes a big difference. But and that's what's crazy, dude. I think, I think kind of like where, where we're probably going to go in this conversation next, the wild part is I can totally see where you starting out, it was a huge value for you to have your gym on the CrossFit affiliate map. Right. And that's how people found you. But yeah. now like with the way we can use Instagram with the way our website can drive traffic, like we love asking the question, how did you find us? And it's never been, well, granted, we're not on the affiliate map, but they still find our way. They still find us. And it yeah. blows my mind how people can just discover what you're doing in this world today with the, with the internet and the way marketing works. It's just insane. 100%. Yeah, things have changed uh, in that regard so much over the past decade and, and in our industry. So let's talk about that. So Nate, how, how are you guys driving traffic to the gym, getting new faces in the door on a regular, consistent basis? For us, dude, I think it's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the harder lessons that I've had to walk in, especially 
having a business mind and having a business degree, we don't like to really engage in what we call, we don't call it gimmicks. Like for us, as long as we focus on creating the best programs we can, cultivating the best coaching staff we can, and really taking care of our people that are inside the door, we know word of mouth will do the trick. Yep. We know that something as simple as sharing sharing reels on Instagram of our workouts and doing programming previews where we show, Hey guys, this is a workout you'll see in a couple of weeks. We're testing it now. We've made adjustments that traffic will take care of itself. And honestly for us too, is as we took on this business and not really having a huge coaching staff at the inception of our purchase, we didn't, we were scared of rapid growth. We didn't want it to be unsustainable for us. And that's one of my favorite things that's come out of this whole journey is we've grown at a rate that's been manageable for us. And it's only been based out of word of mouth, people hearing about us through social media or people knowing me and seeing what I'm doing now, instead of being a freelance personal trainer, being more under an umbrella of, Hey, this is our gym. Come train with us. Let's see what we're about. Um, We've never never really done any massive promotions outside of just our day to day. Hey, here's this workout. Here's this video of, our 75 year old member yeah. deadlifting 200 pounds, like the, the stuff like that. It, it's worth its weight in gold, dude. It really is. hundred percent. Yeah. That, uh, organic manageable growth showing, uh, your authenticity and how much you care for the clients. Good word, man. That's so, a really special word. I think I already know the answer to this, but like you're, you brought up the kind of gimmicky marketing stuff we see out there, right? Like, um, see a lot of these six week challenges. We see a lot of paid advertising. Where do you stand? <laughs> philosophy i think i know the answer but where's your philosophy around uh that approach in so the, in, the let me lead in, i'll lead in with i'll lead in with our gimmick sure. if we have a gimmick our gimmick is we like to let our training to the talking so we give you three free classes we give you three free trial classes that's our gimmick okay if there's any gimmick or funnel that we put out there it's okay. hey you found out about us on our website cool we're not going to share we're not going to share or make you commit to any uh, $99 for unlimited classes for a month. We're not going to suck you into that. Just come in. Yeah. Fill out your paperwork, come in three classes. Then you can make up your mind. Then we'll talk about pricing. Then we'll talk about membership options and then we can go from there. Right. But if they, and honestly dude, whenever, whenever we kind of came on that idea for three for free, it put the right kind of pressure on us and our staff. Like, yeah. no. Hey, if they don't know that this is their home in three classes, what could we have done differently? Sure. Yeah. Keeps you it's, it's three hours of them being on the floor with our coaches, with our members doing our workouts wasn't good enough. Then what should we have done? Yeah. Because, yeah. and I think, and I know, I feel like you stand on this the same way, like a discounted challenge rate, a, a whatever burn, burn fat boot camp challenge is a great way to get people in the door, but I don't ever think they'll see the full value in that unless you give them the full immersive experience right. and then say, Hey, here's the price tag that we put on it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you've experienced our service, this is what we value it at. We hope you've experienced that level of value. And that's why we never really like to throw out our pricing information on, until they've been in the door. Right. Yeah. And really, really focus on that fulfillment of the client experience and like, yes, I guess making, like you said, with your coaches, if they don't, feel good or there's value after three sessions we've probably done a bad job right. I, if i can't if yeah. i can't give them 160 dollars a month worth of value in three classes with the coaching they received 
the workout that was written for them and the experience of being in our room of people, if that didn't hit 160, then, then that's on us. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to sucker them in for 99 bucks and then feel like they got a half Right. Full experience, I guess, is what we'd say. I totally get it, man. And it makes sense. And those are numbers you guys can track, and I'm sure you do, and then make tweaks to the that that free trial piece as best as possible. So classes of Brent, I hate calling it class group. <laughs> it is the truth. It sounds it's it is, but you know it's a goofy word. It really is. Yeah. But uh so group training is like the bread and butter. So I come and it's like 160 a month, right? Ballpark. What are ways that your members are able to spend money with you guys on top of just uh the group training membership model? So one of our favorite ways, we, we love doing apparel. We just, we love doing our merch. And it's been so fun to... Uh, now, do you have a shirt now? Yeah, it is. I do have a shirt now. This is our crew love shirt. Oh, I like absolutely love this one because we're, we like to kind of play, going back to the Lumberyard brand, one of my favorite things that we've come up with is we're the crew. Yeah. We're going to lumber. And so it's, that's one of my favorite things. And so it's been... And honestly, man, for, for as long as we've had this vision and as long as Lumberyard has existed on paper before it existed in four walls, like having a note in my phone of all the shirts that we want to do and all the merch we want to create, I, I love getting them excited about the stuff that we've had on paper for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when the time comes, it's like, hey, new shirt. And it's that's been great for us. Merch has been solid. Stickers, magnets, all yep. that jazz. But then our other little man, I tell you the, the, one of the biggest surprises that we ever got into was starting selling, um, element, the electrolyte solution, uh, from Rob Wolf and his team out there. That was one of the things that I was, I was a really big proponent of, but that is the only supplement we sell. Okay. And that stuff flies off the shelves like candy. And it's one of my favorite, favorite items that we could sell because kind of going back to it, like, it's not a gimmick, like it's not, it's not a, it's not a scheme. It's not a huge right. business. They sell one product. That's what they sell. Yeah. It's no yeah. Uh, level marketing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not earning points and getting gratuity checks for this. Like that either. Yeah. It's uh, but no Rob's yeah. Rob's yeah. Old school cross guy back in the day. Yeah. yeah. He uh, yeah. I'm with you, man. I think we have a very similar mindset with that. Like I uh, love that with the merch, man. Cause I think it's so important, especially once we get a brick and mortar and grow this brand. With Lumberyard, you guys have your own brand, not tied to anything else. Yeah. How do you, do you guys do drop shipping? Do you create the- Ooh, good question. Do you go local creation yourself? Do you- Love this. Yeah. So we actually, really crazy that you asked this. I actually ran, um, ran a very, very small drop shipping apparel company while I was coming out of high school. Nice. And I, I learned very quickly that that works when it's on a big scale. And so I see that being a part of our, maybe not the drop shipping part, but definitely the selling and shipping online yeah. merch as our online presence grows. I love our merch. I think it's really neat. And I think as we continue to grow our brand, it's, I see, I see an avenue for us to be able to sell online, but for us, we really just do, we just do pre-orders with our members because yeah. we really like to, we don't love to carry a lot of stock. Right. Um, and if we do carry stock, it's for those odds and ends of sure. drop-ins, people from out of town, people that are just wanting to come pick up a shirt that maybe go to another gym in town. Right. Um, and so that's where we, we really just send out a Google form whenever we have a new design. Um, we send them out a form. They select their sizes. So we have our quantities and colors set and ready. And so we don't spend the money that we don't need to, uh, right. which has helped us keep them in really cool merch and keep them supporting the brand but also 
helps cover our costs and keep money where we want it to go, like to equipment right. and to, I mean, and to cleaning the gym and all the other things that we need to keep so money going to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Merch, a great revenue stream. Uh, we used to do a ton of merch too. Same, same kind of setup, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll talk to you more about that after, man. We're going to go off here because I have a couple of questions for you about that. But so you've had this gym, what's this, 10 months you've been open, right? Or you've taken over? Or technically, mm, yeah. It's, gosh, yeah, I mean, it's coming up on a year soon, which is weird for us. Yeah. So obviously we changed the name, new brand. What's been the biggest challenge for you guys this first year? Uh, biggest challenge for us, dude, has just been, if I had to put it, huh, I think for us it was kind of on the initial front. Um when I say it was a challenge, I don't even mean like it was an obstacle financially or an obstacle growth wise. The, our biggest challenge turned into our biggest blessing because coming in as strangers to this member base and them having no idea who we are. I have connections with the person that used to own the place, but they have no idea who I am, no idea who my wife is. And we're buying this place on a really fast timetable. The feeling of, the the pressure that was put on us to be like we we don't know if they're going to accept us we don't know if they're going to trust us we don't know if they're going to like our workouts like our coaching right i really do believe it brought out something in me and our in our staff that i i can't put into words and i can't bottle that i can't bottle the the amount of commitment and the amount of follow through that we had in those first few months of the just the over delivering and I don't even want to say under promise over deliver like we promised a lot and we did our best to deliver on those promises and buying a lot of new equipment off the bat um and this is not a this is not a knock to the to the former former owners or anything but when we bought the place Austin the gym the gym had four assault bikes and four rowers right. outside of kettlebells and dumbbells and other things they only had that small amount of equipment and we were really thankful that members even chipped in and helped us buy new bikes, buy new rowers. Yeah. And that was, that meant a lot to us because it, it really made us feel like they, they saw the value and saw the passion of what we were doing. Sure. It wasn't a, there wasn't a guessing game of, Hey, are they in this for the right reasons? Are they in this for the money or do they actually really care about us or do they want to do a good job? Yeah. Um, it really, it was hard for those first few months but it also just really turned for us. And um, it's been a really amazing blessing that we've just been super fortunate with. Um, to be a little bit more specific on like a personal challenge, the balance of coaching volume and business related task has been the one of the hardest challenges for me and, and for my family. Yeah. Um, my wife actually just resigned from teaching over the summer. And so now she's technically full-time with us, even though she's a full-time mom now, for sure. Let's yeah, make yeah. sure that's straight. But to have her on kind of staff with me now to handle a few more things on the back end and let programming and let coaching kind of stay in my lane, it feels, it's huge. It, it, it takes a load off my shoulders instead of trying to shoot emails, follow up on leads and program workouts and do content and all the other things. So yeah it's uh it's real hard to do as a one-man show you know you need that help you need that team to scale right for the for the opportunity for the ultimate legacy of the gym uh we touched on legacy a bit with your dad's business the yeah. name so kind of two-part question here to wrap up nate like biggest area of opportunity for you guys your year in the next year is going to be i think super important probably 
especially where we are, economic situations, all this sort of stuff, right? Next year is big, I think, for the gym industry at large. So what's your main goal next year and even bigger picture, kind of ultimate legacy for, for Lumberyard there in North Carolina? For, for us, it's one of, the, one of the ways that we've kind of led our business. We, we, we had an onset mentality and, and motive of impact over income. And for us, it, we know that if we make an impact on people's lives who step foot in our gym, the, the money will follow and the money that can be put back into the business will follow. Um, and so for us, we really just want to be able to double our impact. We really just want to be able to double the impact we have on our people's lives and the value that they see and the, the community that they see. And so for us, as we head into, as we head into next year, some of the most immediate things we're we're going to double down on what we call fitness and fellowship. We're going to spend a lot more time doing things outside of the gym with our with our crew and with our with our group of members where yeah we're going to get together on friday night and do this huge big workout but then we're going to walk up the street and go get beers and go get pizza and then we're going to go grab coffee after saturday morning class and then we're going to go on a brewery tour in the fall and then we're just gonna i want i want i said i've been a part of a handful of gyms since i kind of started this journey in fitness and my favorite part is when those relationships form and those are your people. They're not just the people you work out with. Like those are my, those are my people. Those are my ride or dies. Like those are, those are the people that I go do trivia night with at the brewery on Thursday night. And that's what's touched me to see our members kind of taking that on their own. And so we're excited to kind of fuel that fire from, from the, from the, from the top down. Um, And then for us, when it comes to, how we want to grow the business itself. I'm not, I don't want to be the numbers guy, but I just want to see the opportunities that we have to serve our members grow, whether that's offering a twice a year athlete camp that we run that's open to the public, but discounted for our members where we spend Friday night and all day Saturday, skills, partner workouts, Metcons, lectures, getting into kind of that little microcosm of the, of the seminar magic that CrossFit's kind of encapsulated. Yeah. Um, and then for us too, I, the kind of longer range goal, I'd love to see Lumberyard have a, a lasting impact um, with the services we can offer online. I'd love to be able to sell, to sell programs and sell companion templates and companion booklets. Cause I'm, I'm a programming nerd at heart. I love, I love getting down into the nitty gritty of writing stuff. And I really believe that that industry has grown street parking and other businesses like that have proven that you can, you can get out there and make an impact remotely. And so that's not an immediate action item for us, but we definitely see the remote training space as one of the ways that we want to have a lasting impact. Um, We want, we want people to feel impacted and feel like they belong whenever they come in touch with, with us and Lumberyard. Yeah, man. I love it. And it, and just ties all back into what you guys said initially, like, uh, belong, build, become. And that's like your vision, your mantra. And I love, man, and yeah, the, the future with the online space obviously is enormous. You can reach it's even more people. And uh, with the brand you guys have created on your own and not tagging along on somebody else's coattails, like perfect setup for that, man. So, uh, Nate, dude, this was awesome. I appreciate you coming on. I think it's an awesome place to wrap it up. Where can we check you guys out? Uh, website, social media, anywhere else? You like yeah. to drop uh, your information. You guys, can, you guys can check us out on lumberyardgym.com on socials at lumberyardgym. 
Um, I'm thankful that we got good handles and good and good domain names. Yeah. That was another influencing factor in the name. I was like, if we can lock down this domain, this is it. Lumberyardgym.com. Nobody else had that. That's no, lumberyardgym.com and at lumberyardgym on Instagram. So that's us. Meant to be, man. Meant to be. Nate, thank you so much again, man. I wish you guys continued success, brother. Thank you so much, Austin. Have a blessed day, brother. You as well. And listeners, we appreciate you guys too. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all future episodes. Until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Dwayne Johnson from There's No Quit Kickboxing out of Panama City, Florida. What's going on, Dwayne? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Yes, sir. Excited to have you on. Excited to talk a little bit. You're, um, what, about four or five years into the game here. You're getting ready to franchise your locations. Um, so, yeah, excited to hear your perspective on the industry and appreciate you for joining as well. Oh, um, great to be here. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, let's not waste any time here. How, how did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with opening your own kickboxing facility four years ago? Really, it started... Years ago, when uh, I managed a gym, uh, and in that gym that I managed, uh, I taught kickboxing. I learned kickboxing uh, 23 years ago, have always uh, taught it on the side. Uh, I was in law enforcement for 15 years. I taught law enforcement officers uh, kickboxing. Uh, And then when I started running my own gym, people started hearing about it. And then I had other gyms that were asking if I would go and uh, teach classes there. Mm. Uh, So periodically, I would go into other gyms and have group classes. Now, they didn't provide bags, so we just did shadow boxing, which we could still get uh, an incredible workout uh, just by shadow boxing. Um, Then I had an individual that owned a karate uh, dojo who there kickboxing instructor uh, was a female and she was pregnant and going on a maternity leave. And he asked me if I would uh, step in and work those classes uh, for him. Uh, So that I did, uh, which kind of helped me develop my own way uh, of really teaching classes because he had the bag. So I really could utilize uh, the equipment that he had there. And then kind of moved on from there. Uh, didn't really continue with it uh, too much um, just because, you know, life, life happens and yeah, yeah. Uh, you focus on other parts of, of your life and career uh, was in law enforcement, like I said, uh, and then ended up moving from Panama City, Florida up to uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And then one day uh, my wife and I were talking uh, about uh, me opening my own studio and she kind of 
gave me that nudge. She gave me uh, the kick in the pants to say, you know, do it. There's no reason you can't do this. Uh, so we did. So we put our heads together and uh, really developed uh, what I call there's no quit system and uh, put that together uh, and found a property and opened up my first studio. There you go. There you go. Took the, took the leap of faith. Shout out to the wife too. Yeah. yeah. For the she had more faith in it than I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So you started four years ago down in Iowa, right? And then pretty much a pandemic happened. Um, you know, like a lot of people, we had to, you had to shut down your business. So you decided to take the business back to Panama city. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Awesome. So so cool. So there's no quit kickboxing. I would love for you to give your own, you know, type of elevator pitch on the services you guys offer and, and what you guys do over there. We offer five kickboxing classes a day, Monday through Thursday, and four classes on Friday. And what they learn in my studio is actual kickboxing. I learned to fight in the ring, and that's what everybody gets to learn. Uh, they're group classes that are 45 to 50 minutes long. They are dynamic. They're hit workouts, um, and you're just going to get this in incredible workout. Uh, and then for those people that want to go deeper, uh, I do private sessions also. And those people, uh, if they want to step up their game even more uh, and move into the ring, uh, I do train fighters. So um, I very, very seldom have somebody that walks in the door that says, hey, I want to fight, you know, take me from there. Uh, I'm mostly it's people that come in, they learn kickboxing, they learn to love it. And then it's kind of on their bucket list. I kind of go, hey, I think I would, I think I'd like to fight in the ring. Cool. Uh, and so then we kind of take that from there. So there's a lot of different avenues uh, that would go once somebody uh, walks in that front door. There you go. So, so you're offering pretty much personal training, group training, mostly group training. And then you also have the, the PT side of things as well. Um, how, how many members are you currently serving right now? I'm at 95. 95. There you go. How, how big is the, the spot you're in now in Florida? I'm at 2,000 square feet. 2,000. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so you're sitting at about 95 members. I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at? Or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Trying to hit the gas. Uh, yeah, we definitely, in this type of industry, um, during uh, the summer months, it tends to uh, get a little more quiet uh, just because right. of, uh, you know, vacations. Everybody knows this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Um, but it seems to hit the martial arts uh, community a little more. Um, the difference between my martial arts and others is they'll charge you even though you're not there. Uh, and we don't do that. We let uh, individuals pause their memberships, but that brings them uh, right back. Um, so that growth, yes, is extremely important. We want yeah. to hit that accelerator. We'd love to see that growth, but most of all, we, we kind of want to maintain. Uh, if we can grow two or three, um, you know, every few weeks, fantastic. Um, yeah. but the key is, is that retention and, and not losing anybody. Yeah, right. And there is such a thing as growing too fast as well, right? You'd want to make sure you're set up for, you know, the rate of growth that you're trying to have come in. You don't want to water down the value, the product that you're giving just in the namesake of like, hey, let's get a couple extra bucks here monthly. Um, for you, how big is a team as of now? Do you have other coaches, trainers working with you? Well, 
that's the amazing thing about the model that I do um, is it's just me. Uh, and then my wife uh, will come in and supplement classes uh, if I have private sessions. Um, so because of the way that I teach these private sessions, it's not anybody that can just step in and, and teach a private session, right? It's not squats, bench press, uh, you know, dynamic exercises, it's kickboxing. So I have to be um, directly involved in the private right. sessions. So then my wife will step in and teach the group classes uh, while I have private sessions during some of the classes. But most of the time I try and uh, incorporate my private sessions in between uh, the group classes. Okay. So okay. For example, today I've had three private sessions already, and I have one uh, this evening still. Okay. So in yeah, between, yeah. in between the five group classes that I will teach today, so it's a full day. Some days are pretty full days uh, because it's just me. Um, but the savings of payroll, payroll taxes, everything that goes along with it, I, I don't have that. I don't have to worry about that. And just curious, I mean, I know it, you wear a lot of hats as a business owner, especially as a gym owner, right? Is there anything within the business that you see yourself neglecting just because, you know, you, you are there in the field still training day to day like that? I think the biggest thing uh, that I take a hit on is the face to face marketing. Okay. Uh, getting out into the community and letting everybody know that I'm there. Um, yeah. It was different, but uh, since we've had a child uh, now, Congrats. it has, thank you. Uh, it has uh, inhibited that uh, a little bit more because, Hey, when I do get time, you know, I want to see, uh, you know, my little girl. Uh, and then my wife doesn't have that ability to go out and do that marketing uh, either. So yeah. I think that's where we've taken our biggest hit. Um, has it affected us that much? We haven't seen uh, that drop off. And a lot of that is just due to our location uh, that we haven't seen it uh, really impact us that much. Whereas my first studio was in a basement of a building. Uh, this, I have a storefront. So people drive by and, and see us. Cool. Cool. And, and so goals for you, as you continue to at least move forward and grow a little bit, would you want to hire more of a team or maybe other trainers or coaches to help you out? What does that look like? Well, the way my model works is um, if I do bring somebody on, uh, we work them as a 1099. Okay. So they're okay. a contractor. Uh, if we bring somebody on. Um, but usually what we do is I kind of pick somebody up that is in the studio. They've been here for, for a while. They love kickboxing and they're really good at it. And so then I just go to them and say, would you like to be an instructor? And they, you know, nine times out of 10, they're, they're wow, really? You would let me do that? So then I train them up to be an instructor. And then I just let them fill in periodically a class here and a class there to give okay. me a break. Uh, and then we just do a trade. So it's almost volunteer work. And then we just trade out their membership dues for them running a class. Okay. Okay. And so as far as building a team, if I did, that's the way it would be. Uh, and I do have one individual that I'm training up right now. Okay. So that's the way we do it. That's the way this model works. Um, 
Have you ridiculous. ever thought about trying a different model or, or why do you choose the route of 1099 workers? Is that just an easier tax setup and whatnot? Absolutely. Yeah. Then, and I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about federal law, tax laws, state tax laws, OSHA laws. I don't have to worry about any of that. And that's just a burden that I don't have to take on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, uh, in the fitness industry, I mean, uh, there's a lot of places, uh, a lot of gyms that hire personal trainers and that's what they do with their personal trainers. They're 1099, uh, down here anyway, uh, in the panhandle of Florida, that's the way most of them do it is a 1099 contract. Yeah. All, all, all depends. It is a little bit harder to scale. I'd say having 1099 workers, right? Because then mm-hmm. at some point, I mean, it's smart the way you're doing it to where they don't have to hunt for their own clients, but then get, then again, I have, I've heard of some, you know, more boutique style facilities who have 1099 workers, then they're expected to bring in their own clients and every, you know, every trainer's charging a different amount. Mm-hmm. They all have a different workout program. So then it kind of becomes this mess. What's the branding? What's, you know, the culture? Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And see, and that's something I don't have to worry about because yeah. I bring them up in my studio Very and true. then Very if true. they want to continue, if they want to teach more classes, that's when I go to them and say, Hey, if you want to, here's what we do. Okay. But I don't ever pay out too much. Yeah. I just, I don't want to do that because I can handle the classes. So it's not something that is required of me to bring somebody on because of the way that I have the system set up. Mm. Um, so it's more of a luxury to have people involved to bring those cool. people on. And like you said, and I don't have to worry about people going, well, this is what I want to teach. This is what I want to do. Yeah, we're right. kickboxing here. We yeah. are, this is my TMQ system. This is the way I teach it. So, and, and they just fall into place in reference to that. There you go. Cool. Cool. So, so sitting at about 90 members right now and wanting to see some type of growth, at least in the next six months to a year, um, what type of things are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process? As inexpensive and as visible as possible. So something that we have found uh, recently that's really working out well are yard signs. They're inexpensive there, you can make them as dynamic as you want, big words, uh, minimal writing on them. Uh, so the ones we have right now is unlimited kickboxing, $69 a month, and then our website down the bottom. And we've got a lot of response from that really, really good response. Yeah. So I'll just find places uh, in town uh, where there's four-way stops are the best, uh, and I'll plant one uh, there, uh, hoping that the city doesn't take it, or I just make contact with uh, the individual, if it's a residence that uh, lives there on the corner, and I go, hey, will you let me stick this in your yard for the weekend or for a week? I've, I haven't had anybody turn me down yet and say, no, you're not putting that in my yard. They're like, wow, there's a kickboxing studio in town? That's usually what they say. I'm like, yeah, hey, this is where we're located. I'd love to do it. Here, here's a coupon for a free class. You let me put your card uh, or let me put this in your yard. 
Absolutely. So yeah, def- definitely smart to try. You know, there's so many ways as a gym that you could market yourself now, get leads, get people to figure out about you. So so smart to try all the methods so that you could at least figure out what works well for you and then double down on the things that do work, right? right. Have you tried um anything else, like any type of maybe digital marketing, paid advertising? We have done, uh, well, we have the news uh, come out. So that's always a big one too, is um, especially with kickboxing, uh, we always get a response and reference that because it's a completely different kind of workout. And it's very interesting uh, to a lot of people. Um, So uh, again, we try and reach for that free uh, advertising. Um, So as far as paid advertising, no. Um, we don't reach out for that. Every time that we have done paid advertising, we have gotten zero or very minimal response from it. We have advertised on television. We've been on the radio and I, I never had one person come in and say, Hey, heard it on the radio. The people that did were members already. Hey, I heard your commercial on the radio. You're like, oh, well, that's I don't great. Need- Good. <laughs> new duty area. Yeah. Did you roll down your windows and turn the radio up? You know, because nobody else is here. Apparently. Have you ever tried any like Facebook ads or Instagram ads at all? Yes. Yes. You know? We've done that. Okay. Did you yeah. do that like uh, in-house or did you have, you know, like a, like a team help you out with that? In-house. in-house. Uh, my wife has uh, not a direct degree, but took uh uh, college courses on uh, marketing and uh, media and, and those type of things. So yeah. we go in-house. She actually developed our website and made our website. So there you go. Um, she maintains all of that and is very good with those uh, cool. things. Cool. So, yeah. so same thing on the, uh, the, the digital ad side as well. Wasn't the results that you wanted to see? No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. okay. Not at all. Interesting. Interesting. No. That's crazy. Why, why do you think you didn't see the results you think it was like maybe you weren't running the ads right or more so like the market algorithms algorithms the algorithms who we yeah. are what we want to do especially during the pandemic um you know and 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 even now we'll post an ad and they'll go are you sure you don't want to do this as an online ad no we don't want to do this okay because and i mean these it keeps popping up Really, we would suggest you do this as an online app, you know, an online class, an online. No, we're not doing it. All right. And uh, so that's what we've found. Um, so I think I, I really think it's just algorithms and, and what is going on with that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I first started running ads for businesses that I had in what 2016, which was technically, you know, people would say Facebook's golden days where you could make a lot of money using advertising. Sure. Sure. And and the first year I definitely lost a hell of a lot more money than I made trying to figure out how to market correctly, how to have the right ad copy, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're basically trying to get, you're fighting for people's attention. You know, you're trying to get someone to stop scrolling, click on what you got going on. Right. Um, but definitely once you do figure it out, it, it does help a lot in some ways. And, you know, being able to have like a consistent lead flow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what does your, your process look like for when you do get a lead, right? Let's say it's myself and maybe I see your sign or I hear about you from a friend mm-hmm. or family. What's your process to turn me into a paid member? 
Well, it depends on whether it's call or, or email, right? But, uh, well, I shouldn't say it depends. Uh, verbal is always better, right? Because you can be dynamic in voice. And in email, you can't be dynamic, yeah. dynamic other than using exclamation points, right? Um, so verbal is always better. But setting an appointment, setting an appointment, great that you reached out, thanking them for reaching out to us. Even though we're the only kickboxing studio here, I always thank them for reaching out to us. Yeah. Um because they could go anywhere else and setting an appointment with them. Okay. When can we have you in here to take your first class and, and getting that started. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully you sell yourself when they come in and take that class, you know, you, you have to be uh, on your game. You have to um, know that, they deserve the best that you can give them. And every time after that, that they come in, that they're going to get the best uh, that you can give them. So just giving that um, to them and letting them know um, that okay. really, and, and, and the passion uh, that we have to uh, be in this business. Cause if you don't have the passion for the business, you don't get into I take that back. I know individuals that have got into the business just to make the money, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So they don't care who walks in the door. They don't care. Okay, $15 a month, great. We don't care if they come in or not. But there's those individuals like us, what we're doing here. Man, we want you to come in and we want to help you change your life. We want to get you to where you want to be, whether it's be empowered, whether it's lose weight, whether it's learn to fight in the ring, that one time, cross it off your bucket list. We want to be there for them. So we try and get all of that out uh, in a short amount of time as possible to, you know, uh, retain them, get them in. Cool, cool. So, so pretty much, you know, you get a lead, you, you try and get them on a phone call, preferably get them in through the doors. Hey, what are your goals? What are you here for? What are you trying to do? Um, and then put them in a free class. Do you do a certain amount of free classes? Just one? We used to do free classes. I don't anymore. Good for you. I don't. I'm early anymore. against free. Yeah. Free, and we that's how it tells them, you know? Yep. Because, and it happened here. I didn't have it so much in Iowa, but here one night I had five girls come in that it was date night and they wanted to come take a kickboxing class. They had no intention of signing up. They just want to come take kickboxing class. Mm. And so they took their kickboxing class and I never saw them again. Okay. So I lost out on, okay. This money month. hours. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I spent all of this time teaching them because it's their first kickboxing class. There's a lot of work right. that goes into teaching somebody their first kickboxing. Um, so lost out on that money. So now it's $15 and that's what our drop in rate is. If you're not a monthly member, it's a drop in rate of $15. So we charge $15 and then if you sign up within 15 days, so we give them a time span, you got 15 days. And if you sign up in that 15 days, then we apply that $15 to your enrollment fee. Mm. There you go. That Have you ever good. tried make, switching that to on the spot? Just curious, because everything's like psychology, right? Right. Especially in sales. So have you ever tried switching like, hey, if you sign up today, 
we'll put that $15 towards your first month credit. I haven't yet. No, you haven't yet. I haven't yet. I haven't <laughs> pulled that trigger yet. No. Might, might be worth trying. Might be worth yeah. trying. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Cool, cool. So do you track like your numbers, your backend numbers, like your conversion rate throughout your sales process, your show rate? Yeah, I'm at 80%. 80%. There you yeah. go. There you yeah. Go. And most of the ones that don't come back were they came with somebody. So if somebody comes in on their own, okay, I'm at about 97% with them. Okay. But if they come in with a friend, they were invited to come in, then yeah, I'm about 80% of, of getting that person. Cool, cool. And, and do you offer, I mean, just curious here, do you offer any other type of services along with your programming? Maybe stuff like, you know, nutrition, accountability, supplements, anything along those lines? Yeah, we do have our own nutrition program that I developed. Okay. So we do offer that also. And what's that look like? Is that more so like a, a daily meal plan with a weekly grocery list? Or is it more so like, hey, I teach you how to count your macros and keep track of your nutrients? We sit down, it's about an hour consultation, and we talk about everything about food. A lot of it is mental. A lot of it is how you've treated food in the past and how you need to treat that food in the future, Um, how they saw food in in the past, how their parents made them see food in the past. A lot of that is uh, what your past journey is and what you want that journey to be. Uh, and then assessing, uh, their body, um, assessing their athletic abilities, um, because everybody's different. If you've never been athletic. Okay. And now you're going to come in and kickbox. Okay. Um, it's different, right? Yeah. So (laughs) it's going to be, all right. So we need to do something a little different with your nutrition. So we're not a cookie cutter. Okay. Here you are. Here's your nutrition plan. Um, Yeah. So it's a long, it's a a good, good process. And then it's a lot of accountability, uh, sitting down, talk with, talking with them. Uh, We have them track their food uh, as much as they can and then share that with us. And we go through Mm -hmm. that with them, but we don't, we tell them the meal plan. We tell them how to meal plan, but we don't do it for them because you don't learn yeah. our minds right you don't learn as much if somebody is doing it for you so we force them to meal plan on their own okay okay uh, and smart. then it's just you know what has worked in the past have you ever been on a nutrition program in the past have you ever been on a diet in the past did it work didn't it work why didn't it work why did it work why did you come off of it all of those things we incorporate and sit down uh, obviously talk about and put together a plan for them in regards to that. So it's quite a process. Um, and again, it's something that I've developed on my own just from what I've learned in 40 years of being athletic and, and doing the things that I've done. I've played all sports. I've, I've had to gain weight to play rugby. I've had to lose that weight to, you know, be a kickboxing instructor. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things of gaining, losing weight, um, you know, being in a sedentary uh, job, so to speak, being being a cop for 15 years where you're sometimes sitting, driving around from three o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the morning. OK, two hours in a vehicle. All right. So how do you maintain uh, the proper nutrition? All of those things uh, we take into consideration. Yeah, I do like your your perspective on <clears throat> dieting as well, because that's the issue with a lot of people. It's 
like, Hey, these diets don't work because you treat them like a diet and not like a lifestyle. So then right. you go into this two month program diet, get everything yes. fed to you, what to eat, what to do. And then you get out of the two months and it's like, cool, right back to normal now. Right back to normal. Yeah. Back yeah. to gaining that weight. Yay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what we get away from with our nutrition plan. It's yeah. nutrition. It's the way that you should eat every day. Okay. And not feel guilty. Have you, you ever it. thought, um, I only ask this. I've talked to a couple, I love kickboxing facilities mm, and they okay. offer nutrition and accountability, but they do it in the form of virtual training, right? Mm-hmm. So they have these apps like my fitness pal trainer rise that they pay for a monthly subscription for the members, you know, pay a little more to have access to the programs. And in turn, they get, you know, those customized meal plans, the daily workouts to do when they're not with them. Have you ever thought about heading to that direction? At least cause it does, you know, free up your time as well as an owner. Yeah. Always want to grow. Right. And you always want to try uh, different things. So I actually talked to an individual who does coding uh, and makes apps. Okay. Okay. Uh, He was one of my members Uh, and he's like, I can do it for you. And I'm like, okay, wow. If you made an app for me, you know, how much do you think it'd be? He goes, well, you know, $20,000. I'd, I'd give no. you a good deal on it. Okay. About $7,000 is what oh, okay. I could do for you. I'm like, okay, so that's going to be on the back burner, right? Uh, as far as, because, you know, I'm not shelling out that much money uh, for something uh, right. And, and right away. Making your own app is such a pain in the yeah. app too. You got the updates. People got to constantly be working on right. it. Right. So fixing bugs. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and updating, right? You say updating all the time. Yeah. So it is something that I've looked at and going virtual uh, and doing those things. Um, it's just not, it's not on the front burner right now. Um, this, this franchising is, is, is what I need to, uh, is what I need to focus on right now. Yeah. And that's what I'm focused on. So, uh, but that is there. Yes. So I'm glad you brought that in. But. Well, yeah, let, let's talk about that as well a little bit before we head out. The franchising piece, how's that been going? What's, uh, you know, has there been anything that's been maybe more difficult than expected when it comes to this process? I think the most difficult part is realizing how much work it is. <laughs> uh, you know, when you get this, you know, federal disclosure document and you go, oh, okay, and you start working on it. Because and you see what is required and you start typing and you start typing and, and you're still typing and oh my gosh, I'm this far into it and I'm still going and I'm not even on to you know section two yet. Oh my goodness. And so all of a sudden, 95 pages later, okay, I'm finally, you know, I'm finally done. So um, it's just the amount of work that has gone into it yeah, uh, and not being able to work on it, you know, because of my classes, you know, five classes a day uh, and family. So it's an hour here and it's an hour there. Is that right? So, you know, I keep setting these goals for me and they keep getting kicked back <laughs> because of just the amount of time. Uh, so again, uh, you know, prior to, you know, we talked a little bit about it, you know, uh, to hire somebody to do it all for you you know, it's upwards of, you can spend up to $80,000. Okay. I'm a small business. I own my own studio. 
I'm not shelling at eighty thousand dollars to to somebody to to put that together for me. I'll right. take the time. Is it going to get out as fast as I want it to get out? No, it's not. But it'll get done, and it'll be the way that I want it uh, to be. So, just that time consumption is what uh, is what it is. Do you have any um, prospects who are interested in possibly franchising in the future from you? Yeah, I do. Member. Yeah. Member. Okay. Member. Yeah. When you look at your business right now, is there anything that you feel like you need to optimize more for the franchise agreement, right? Because it's kind of like a copy and paste method. You're basically, you know, writing out everything from the current business you have and then handing it to someone else and be like, hey, you could paste it over somewhere else. So is there anything that you feel like maybe you need to optimize a little more before starting to franchise? I don't think so. Um, it's been a long process. And as I write things down, I see things and, and am able to clarify whether hey, this is headed in the right direction or it's not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty, if I had to say dialed in to, to where I need to go uh, with it and what I need to do. I mean, I've had I've had people visit from out of town and take the class and they go back home and they literally go, I'm going to, cause they go to title. Okay. Everybody yeah. knows title, right. Uh, and they go, I'm going to go back there and see if they'll do this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing is right. Right. Yeah. I know I have a good product. If they want to go back to their kickboxing facility and see if they'll do what I'm doing, I know I'm doing it right. Because title is really, and I love kickboxing. Those are probably my biggest competition right. uh, as I as I franchise, it would be. Okay. Okay, for sure. And this is a good question that popped in my head right now. But let's okay. say you yourself want to start a business. You're looking at opening your own gym. What's like the biggest hook for you that would make you want to go with, you know, Oh man, does slip my mind with uh there's no quick kickboxing. <laughs> I almost said I love oh, that against I, that <laughs> I think people will be surprised if, of how little money you have to spend. And that's going to be the biggest surprise. And I won't throw out all the numbers, but they will be very surprised on how they can open their own gym. And I'll give you a reason why is because the all of the equipment doesn't say there's no quick kickbox. So you don't have to spend $145,000 on there's no quick kickboxing equipment. Mm. So that being said, you can do it for a lot less money. And you're offering a, a product that actually does work, right? You're not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh man. The testimonies. Yeah. Uh, are, are fantastic. I've got, uh, an individual who he was a band member, uh, all through high school, never did anything athletic. Um, uh, he came in here at 252 pounds. He's at 198 right now. And he's one of my fighters and he won his first fight. So yes that's, you know, what we can uh, do for people. I have an individual who uh, 
um, just, he's been coming here for six months, but he just joined the nutrition program uh, and in uh, three weeks of being in that nutrition program, uh, excuse me, four, four weeks of being in that nutrition program, he lost 18 pounds and he was stuck he said, man, I'm, I'm stuck on, I'm stuck on 234. I can't lose anymore. I'm stuck on 234. Uh, okay. All right. He said, so I want to, I want to do the nutrition program. Okay. So he did. Uh, and we talked and talked and talked and now he's down to 216 and he's wow. never been at 216, but well, since he was a lot younger. Right. Uh, right. So pre COVID, uh you know that's a lot of people right yeah that's my pre-covid wait all right that's where i want to get back to right so we'll hear that a lot there uh, you go uh, but yeah so yeah the testimonies are there we have a product that uh, i think is is gold and uh it's not going to cost uh people the amount of money that it would to uh go to or start up one of these other uh kickboxing uh franchises Cool. Well, awesome, Dwayne. I, I appreciate you. I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode here. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, Facebook, Instagram, anything, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah, there's no quit.com. Uh, is our website uh, and we got some videos on there and classes and uh, tells you all about us uh, where we came from my incredible wife uh, and myself and uh, so yeah go check us out uh, we do offer online classes too we didn't even touch base there so uh, I do online classes you can sign up uh, through our website for online classes too there you go is that zoom based uh, it, it is not. No, not they're pre-recorded uh, okay. on the website. So you have access to, man, I think it's 60 videos uh, okay. that we uh, rotate uh, on through the website. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, make sure you check them out, you guys. Dwayne Johnson from There's No Quick Kickboxing out of Panama City, Florida, and possibly coming to locations near you pretty soon. Um, I absolutely appreciate you once again. And as for the listeners here, don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show, we have Alyssa Davis of Spring Bungie 
Fitness coming to you from Union, Kentucky. Alyssa, what's going on? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing tremendously. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to to figure out a little bit more of what this is. Not quite our typical purview of when we think of the fitness industry, but a perfectly viable modality here nonetheless. Now, Alyssa, before we venture off into all things tactical and strategy when it comes to running a business, tell us a little bit about this for some context. I think context is incredibly important here. And so how do you describe what this business is? Yes, um, it's definitely a unique option that people don't seem to get very often. So Spring Bungee Fitness specializes in bungee-assisted fitness classes. So what that means, um, kind of in complete layman's terms, you come in, you hook into a harness that's attached to some bungee cords from the ceiling. They're basically just kind of modified versions of bungee cords you use in your garage, things like that. And the bungee cords use what I call, I like to coin the assistance resistance method. So it gives you assistance where you need it and it gives you resistance where you want it to kind of do some toning, some extra muscle work, but also gives you that assistance where maybe um, your joints kind of limit your um, ability and what you can do. So having that assistance from those cords gives you the opportunity to complete moves that you either maybe have never been able to do or haven't been able to do in a long time. Got it. Okay. So for, for a little bit more of a, a clear picture, I like to explore the origin story of these kinds of things. So tell me a little bit about not the day that you opened the doors, but the day that the idea popped in your head, Hey, I'm going to open up a business like this. What was going on and, and what made you think, hey, I can make this business work? Sure. Um, so I kind of originated taking these classes um, outside of my community and I really enjoyed it. And it was something that kind of clicked pretty naturally. And I honestly didn't really think about running a business. I kind of said, well, I can just teach um, at this other place outside of my community that I was participating in classes. And then I kind of thought, um, well, why not bring it around? Why not offer it to a whole new array of people that didn't get this experience before? And I think I have a little bit of a unique perspective because I opened in the pandemic. So everything I have done involving this business was involved in the pandemic, which definitely is a learning curve. Um, so that provided the opportunity to, we did a lot of Zoom calls. So it was not exactly how I pictured running. And I Got, I was lucky enough to have resources available to me to help prov like provide assistance and things that I wasn't, didn't feel proficient in. So you, we did all those meetings in Zoom and we kind of, or through email. So that was kind of a fun and different opportunity to get started. And so here we are, right? The, the business came about at least as a concept when you were looking for a physical space with which to house this. What was important to you? What were some non-negotiables that you were looking for in that commercial space? Um, that's a great question. It took a very long time to find a space that would accommodate this. I was looking for roughly around 1,500 square feet. That could be adjusted here and there. Um, ceiling height was the number one. So when I did all my visits of potential properties, the first thing I did was like haul my ladder in and most places have dropped ceilings. So I popped the ceiling tiles out and looked up at what was available in the ceiling because 
you again can have a little bit of fluctuation in what is kind of the goal ceiling height but if you're too low you're not going to get quite as good of a benefit if you're too high you have to have a lot more physical like ground space to be able to move around so ceiling height was one of those that you know i had a window of what i wanted but pretty much anything outside of that window was non-negotiable uh, it was also kind of tricky to find landlords that were accommodating for the bungee because I basically came in and said, Hey, I want to tear your whole building apart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need to be able to hang these bungees. I need to be able to, um, so my structure is actually custom built for me because uh, so while a normal ceiling will hold the pounds of four, uh, it holds up a building. Like it's not, you're not worried about strapping a person into it, but sure. the amount of force that a person can exert doing these moves, a person can exert thousands of pounds of force. So you had to yeah. accommodate for not just one person doing that, but you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, each space had a different number of people. So you had to, those were the, pretty much my non-negotiables for finding a space. Yeah. And, and so the, the availability of commercial spaces becomes even less. Once you did find a space, how long was that runway before you were ready to officially open up the doors on day one? Hmm. I would say actual construction probably took eight to 10 weeks. Um, it took a little longer in terms of permits and that sort of thing. Um, actually negotiating um, kind of lease terms and that sort of thing took a little bit longer to delay the process. But once the actual construction took place, it was about eight to 10 weeks and things also got delayed because of the pandemic in terms of shipping sure, and supplies. Sure. Did you, in that time that you were building out the facility, did you do some sort of pre-sale to have members ready day one or did we start selling on day one? Um, we started a little bit before. I didn't start as soon as the construction went. I think I started my pre-sale probably two to three weeks before I opened officially. And then I did a open house kind of thing to welcome people in. I asked a couple of people to come and demo some skills. So then people had an idea because you say bungee fitness and people either are like, sure, no questions asked. I'm all in, or they're like, oh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. So we offered that to the community. I can imagine that in terms of the eye-catching capacity of this, that the marketing is somewhat easier, but for people's hesitation to overcome that becomes a new challenge. What's been working for you to market this business to get people comfortable and willing to reach out? So the biggest goal is that we're always open and we, I totally get it that um, people are not comfortable with this. This is something totally outside of the normal realm. We're not like running on a treadmill. We're not, you know, things that you see every day. So whenever somebody comes in, we just always are welcoming and say, hi, how are you? Come in like this is, let me show you this and that. Um, everybody's intro class is very uh, in, instructional, instructional based. So we break down every single thing because I get it. It's so different that I tell you where to put your hand, where you, where's the best place to look with your, you know, with your head. Is it easier to put my other foot in front? And I always offer, everything is optional in my class. I never expect people to um, do anything they're not comfortable with. So I kind of always say, here's your option. If you want to be fancy and make it harder, you can do this. And if you don't want to do that, here's your other option. So from that perspective, I think that brings a lot of members in 
And then I think it also is pretty encouraging. I like to tell people to bring a friend with them because that's way more comfortable. Like if you're both going to do something uncomfortable together, you either, it either turns into something fun that you really like, or even if you don't want to come back and see us anymore, it's a fun, like laughable kind of experience that you had. Yeah. And so I, my gut instinct is that social media would be the way to go to, to push this out. Is that a big component of what you guys do? Absolutely. Social media and then word of mouth are our biggest influencers. Have you, have you put any kind of money into it or has it been organic thus far? Uh, thus far it's been organic. We haven't really seen the need at this point to do paid advertising. We did one of the resources I got to use, which was, I was very lucky. The college that is local to me, they're uh, marketing and business students offer a service for local business owners and they kind of help you. Um, they helped me do my logo and they helped me do my website and they kind of offered a little bit of marketing tips on what to do. So I've just at this point been following all of that. Yeah. And, and so leveraging the people we have available, it's good to, good to have resources like Absolutely. this. What's, I guess, what's the capacity for this? Are you guys at your ceiling for how many people you can handle or can we go beyond where we're at we are currently not we can always take we can take more than what we are currently seeing um we have also kind of made our schedule set up a little bit more i don't want to say manageable but it's a little bit more um it's smaller than we wanted to start small and then expand if we needed to we didn't want to overwhelm ourselves and have to be like i'm sorry we have to cancel you know x y and z we kind of started small so we could build on that so we can always have more i'll never say no to more people and the way our classes are set up they're level based and skill based basically so once you come uh-huh. you're comfortable with your intro skills um you can move up into the next level and in the next level so we can fit those 10 people in one level one class and then you know once they're good they move up to level two and those classes are offered at different times Alyssa, let me ask you this who is when when we talk about marketing in any sense it has to be with some sort of target in mind who is the the avatar that you're looking for with this so i love that question i love and hate that question actually because we try to be as inclusive as possible here we want anybody and any, everyone who wants to try to come and try but that's not feasible like we have um we've actually had a different variety of people that come and reach out to us but for for example we can't accommodate anybody who's pregnant just because where the harness hits you and that you're kind of moving into a plank position with a lot of power so then we're like, we can't accommodate that. It's not safe, um, that sort of thing. So I like to say that we can accommodate everybody, but it's realistically not feasible, but we just- Almost everybody. (laughs) Almost everybody, as many as possible. And that also had to come into our space of like how many people we could fit to still safely complete our classes. But yeah, we want, I love anybody to come who's kind of- quote unquote, been out of the fitness game for a little while to just come and move and have fun. I always tell my classes, I'm like, I care what you're doing because I want you to be safe, but I don't care what steps you're doing. Like I'll show you some stuff and we can do things, but the point is more to have fun and get moving than it is to follow these routines and be perfect and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. And so not necessarily one demographic or another, we're fairly 
open in terms of who we can help. Take us to the next step in the process, Alyssa. Somebody reaches out, they found you on social media, or they found you through your website, whatever the source is. What is that sales process like? What happens from the moment they reach out until someone is ready to sign up as a member? Sure. So um, we always can answer any questions that anybody has. A lot of people do come with a lot of questions and wanting clarity just because it is so unique. So we always kind of explain how class works and say, you know, this is what happens when you come in. We, um, we do have to weigh everybody in just because it gives us a baseline of how many cords to give you. So you're the number of cords on your station has to do with the amount of resistance given to you. So we never care about the number. We just need to make sure that we get your station suited to you. So then it gives you the best opportunity for working out. But then, you know, we will always say you come in, we introduce you to class. We teach you all the safety rules. Um, the first thing we do at all of our classes is we teach them how to get in and out of the harness and how to lock and unlock the door because we do keep our doors locked during class just to for safety purposes so nobody can come in and just free roam while everybody is strapped into a harness so that's the first thing that we always make sure people are comfortable with um, you know where the bathroom is all the things that you maybe don't want to ask because you're intimidated or just nervous anything like that and it matters when you're strapped in yeah, because then you're like, I got to get out really quick. <laughs> Once you get used to it, you're in and out really fast. <laughs> yeah. So all of that takes place. Uh, yep. Who's handling that sales process? Is it you for the most part? It's me, yeah. <laughs> what is, I, I, I like to ask this question because it's such an interesting dynamic in our industry. What is your perspective or, or your comfort level with sales in general? I think I've gotten a lot better as I've been open. Um, I have very much come from the mindset of like, I can always talk to people and I can always learn things. Um, when I was in college, I used to run freshman orientation. So I got used to like talking to people who didn't necessarily want to talk back to me. <laughs> so mm. it was kind of like, you know, you're, you always want to be welcoming and encourage people to come in, but they're not always going to want to vibe, have the same vibe as you. So you're just kind of yeah. like, okay, like you kind of read the room and see what works. And so I've definitely gotten better at sales, I would say, but I also, I think that the fitness industry sometimes is a little bit intimidating to the average person. So I think it's pretty important for me to be like, it's fine if Bungie's not for you. It's fine if fitness is not for you, but I want you to come here and have a positive experience. Yeah. That, that when you say read the room, that emotional intelligence goes mm -hmm. a long way being Absolutely. Able to, to hear the things that are being said, even if they're not explicitly being, explicitly being said. So for you, you're handling a lot of the sales. And then we've got about a year's worth of information here now that you've been running this business for a little while. What plays into retention the most for you guys? How are you, what are you focused on to keep people as long as you possibly can? Um, honestly, I would say that's something that we are not excelling at yet, but it's definitely still a learning process, especially because um, I kind of say we seem to have kind of waves. So like, for example, back to school season is not going to be great for us because everybody's trying to get back into the swing of the routine and all of that, which is fine. You know, we, again, like to have realistic point of views, like life happens, you know, we want you to visit your family that is in town that you haven't seen more than we want you to come into class. So we like to have that realistic perspective for people. But I think 
our biggest contributor to retention is getting people in the door. I think they're, people get really nervous, but once they come, they're like, this is great. This is awesome. I don't know why it took me so long to find it. <laughs> yeah. And so expand even further. We've talked about finding new leads. We've talked about the sales process. We've talked about retention. What's the bigger picture here for you? Where do you see this another year from now? Year two, what does this business look like? Sure. Um, so I'd love to be able to expand on the class offerings we have. Um, I love offering, I'm the type of person that it's like, this is something weird and unique. Like, let's try it. I always say I'm always down for an adventure. So I'd like to continue to offer options that we can't find. Um, like you can always find a set of dumbbells. You can always find a treadmill. Like um, I live in an area that has a lot of yoga happening. So we can always find traditional yoga. So we'd like to kind of expand into different offerings for that. And then I'd love to be able to, even if I don't, even if I'm not able to expand and offer 10 different types of classes or what have you, I'd like to be able to expand and offer more class times based on the current offerings we have. But I also want to make sure that everybody that comes is still getting a good quality. I never want to drop my quality to improve quantity. Sure important to keep in mind with a small business like this. Now play the hypothetical game with me for a minute, Alyssa. We fill out the class times. We've got a crazy busy studio. Everybody's loving the service. Where do you go from there? That's a great question. And I don't know that I can give you a 100% answer without being in the situation. Um, I'm not sure that I would want to expand into a second location. I'd have to definitely play that as it comes. It would be um, really nice to be able to move into more of a warehouse style space where you can fit more stations into the space. So then you can still offer, your schedule can stay the same, but you can increase the um, capacity that you can put in each class. Um, That would definitely be a nice opportunity. You could have um, a little bit higher ceilings than what I have now. So then you get a little bit more benefit from it. So that would be a fun opportunity, but yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see. Plenty of options. That's the, that's the exciting part of that sort of question is you can take it in any direction you want to. Alyssa, that's a really great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. But before we do so, tell people listening where they can learn a little bit more about this. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can people find you? Sure. So our website is uh, www.springbungiefitness.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Spring Bungie Fitness. Simple and straightforward. I can't thank you enough for, for your willingness to contribute here. I think this types of conversations amongst the entrepreneurship crowd really, really help to further the whole industry. And so I appreciate your willingness to share. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like you have some untapped potential here. And so we'll be watching from the sidelines and and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at 
gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.